name's David, and this is Old News. Hello, and I'm Russell, and it's good to be back after our somewhat unscheduled long break. Does this technically count as our Christmas episode? Uh, it probably does. Christmas, New Year, Candle Mass, various other <laughs> religious Chinese festivals. Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year, yes. yes. It's, it's the year of the rooster. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Do roosters cockadoodle-doo? I suppose they do, yeah. yeah. They do, that's yeah, exactly chicken, who. Chickens just squawk. Actually, what's the they? difference between a cockerel and a rooster? Uh, I don't know. Yet another unresolved animal husbandry question. <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't know about the Finn Dorset sheep from the, uh, the, <laughs> the clothing episodes. That's something the, the listeners can write in about. There must be some farmers who are listening to old news somewhere. I insist. I insist yes. that, that, that they get in touch. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, how have you been? Did you have a good Christmas? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there, I Yeah, my brother was here this year, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we had a nice time. It was quiet. And then I've spent an enormous quantity of time at work, to and from work, and not been in the country much and busy with other things. And it's just, sadly, that's gotten in the way of our recording schedule, which uh, I can only apologise for. But one has to earn a crust, I suppose. Yeah. There was a couple of times when I thought, oh, should I invite Russell around? Thinking, uh, well, no one, because you were at home for a couple of days here and there. And then went, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Apathy rules. Okay. (laughs) So one of the exciting things that happened since we were last recording was Mm -hmm. that we got our shout out from the uh, fantastic chaps and chapesses in the last Tuesday project. Yeah. Who who seem to have branded us as some sort of like... Old-fashioned Pathé newsreel. <laughs> it suits me fine. <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah. Uh, they, they put a lot more um, technical effort into their, their thing about us. I think this is a bit of a challenge that uh, we need to... Uh, oh, hang game. on, but I'm the one who has to do all that. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with that. Oh, dear me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I'm perfectly uh, happy to recommend The Last Tuesday Project again. They, they, they are superb. Any other any other news from my personal life? Well, whatever. I don't think so. No, no, no more domestic. Oh, you fell off some ladders. I fell off some ladders. I said ladders, steps, steps. Pain in the ceiling. You incompetently used the two step 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 ladder. Well, it's easy to forget when you're on the top. In the risk assessment form, I didn't. Does that mean I can sue myself? Uh, presumably, yes. Uh, imagine the, uh, the 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 civil claims court just going. No, you're an incompetent fool. Get out. <laughs> so I got a little bit of a uh, little bit of feedback from uh, a listener, and he was talking a little bit about the format, and you know, said that perhaps we should do a little bit more explanation of the event itself that we're going to talk about just to remind people so we'll do that a little bit but try we'll try not to bore people with yeah because we have had feedback saying that shorter shows are better yay that's yeah. <laughs> work that's <laughs> work or talk faster well that's the end for old news let's <laughs> <laughs> have lunch uh, and, and the other thing was we talking about the uh, the Chernobyl episode you looked at what Scram meant mm-hmm. do you remember because I still can't remember um, no. Well, you're asking that now. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, I've asked that now, largely I'll, just to annoy you. Like, while I literally was just looking at this on the Facebook page three minutes ago. No, it is. Uh, oh, have you written them down? No, no, no. All right, safety something or other. Surely, safety control rods activation me- mechanism. That's right. Safety control rods actuator mechanism, which both seem reasonable. Yes. The third one. Safety control rod axe man. 
Unlikely, yeah. I imagine. The thing is, I, I put that in last in my list because it was blatantly stupid. In almost <laughs> all lists, that's the first one given. How bizarre. Axeman. Yeah, it, the person who it's accredited to kind of says, uh, yeah, I made that up on, on the spot when someyone asked me. Oh, right. But, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was someone so vaguely a, famous in the world an, of nuclear energy. So another case of how a, a silly thing on the internet has just hung around and then has largely started to become a fact just through repetition over and over and over again and yeah. linking over and over again. The, the sec- second bit was inter- interesting because uh, our listener and friend uh, was talking about one of her, one of her friends who was a a child in North Wales, like at the time of the Chernobyl incident, and then at a later date, many years later, suffered a form of cancer, uh, which I think was a thyroid, but I couldn't be sure. But it was a very rare cancer, very unusual, the kind of thing where doctors go, oh, I've not seen one of these before or in a long time. And when it was asked, where did he grow up in North Wales in 1986? They went, oh, and he was a, a Chernobyl victim. No oh, right. Yeah, it's sort of it's a very specific type of cancer which can almost always be attributed to, you know, inhalation or whatever or, or consumption of those sorts of particles. Right. So there we are. You know, despite the sort of maybe the somewhat thus far limited reach of our audience, that you know that there's somebody with personal, uh, personal sort of connection to the instance itself we've talked about, which I thought that was quite uh, interesting. You know, the, the price that thousands of people must have paid for that accident. Old news. Should we get on with the order yeah. of business? Yes, this this week's subject is... Well, we were debating the name of the episode. We were. Say we were debating. I suggested a slightly overly dramatic... Which would be... The standoff at... Rothbury. Rothbury. The standoff the sta- at Rothbury. And I had just talked about the uh, the Raoul Moat affair. Yes. But I think, interestingly, this discussion that we're having will be reflected later on, because I, I think... I thought it might. Yeah, uh, and I think it kind of play, plays into... Are we, are we going to be a bit hypocritical by playing into some of the things we might want to criticise later on? So, a little bit of ex- exposition. So I, th- I think you should have a shop bell... Or something to ring when I've gone on for too long doing exposition. But should should I uh, should I download an app? There must be an app. A timer app. No, well, not a timer app. A, an, a, a tinger. A tinger. An egg timer. Or something equally equally bad. One of the first things I wanted to do is straight away, rather than concentrate on the perpetrator here, is is mention the names of the victims straight away because I think they tend to get lost. In this, so we have uh, Samantha Stobart and Chris Brown, and uh, also uh, the third victim who was injured and then later has tra- tragically passed away, policeman David Rathband. So I just wanted to m- mention them by name and pay our respects to them. One of the other things I wanted to mention was I had forgotten just how local this incident was to us that the first two murders happen in Berkeley. Yes. which is a town not that far away from where we are. So perhaps there's local sensitivities that perhaps we should be careful about and we mm. try not to stand on pe- people's toes or say anything rude about victims. That's certainly not what we want to do. So very quickly, uh, so there, there's like one of the UK's largest manhunts happened between the 3rd and the 9th of July. Raoul Moat is released from Durham Prison. Yeah for a crime committed against a nine-year-old victim, an assault. I'm not really clear as to what that sort of... Presumably these things are more sort of hidden because 
nine-year-old. It's a nine-year-old yeah. victim. So he, he kills uh, his former girlfriend, Samantha, and her current partner, who is uh, Chris Brown. And then he goes sort of on the run. There are a number of people who help him on the run, which I just find utterly bizarre. And as he goes, he's making various threats uh, to people, to include, including the police. And he, he shoots David Rathband, the policeman, and then he then sort of runs away again and is found sort of holed up by the riverbank in a town called Rothbury up in Northumberland. There's a standoff and he takes his own life uh, at the end of the standoff. And so that that is the end of the manhunt. But I think the thing that really characterises this whole sort of affair over those sort of from the 3rd to the early hours of the 10th of July 2010 is just the enormous blanket media coverage. And it was also... Like one of the first instances I can really remember where social media played a really big part, especially things like Twitter and so on, yeah, uh, in like a big sort of news story in the UK like that. I don't know, is that something that you remember at the time? I've got to say, I sort of vaguely remember stuff about it on, on Facebook and having read up on it now a little bit, that I'm aware that Twitter and Facebook played a part. My main memory of it is the rolling news. You know how you normally ask the question, where were you? Well, the, the one time you haven't asked that. <laughs> it's the one time I know exactly where I was. Okay. I was in the um, the beer garden of the Black Horse in Chesley Street. And they had it r- rolling. It must have been BBC News or Sky News. It was obviously it was the, the night everyone remembers when Gaza turned up. And the, oh, right. The, the whole sort of the whole pub went... Gaza. What? <laughs> eh? Yeah, there's a very, very strange sort of sort of coda that toward towards the end of this story. The, the yeah. sort of, there was a question mark and an exclamation mark just rising above the pub, and probably in every other pub in yeah. the area with the the news on, watching what yeah. was going on. And it was sort of macabre and humorous at that point, wasn't it? It was just yeah. like, what what on earth has gone on? I remember being at work that week, I think, and it, was, it covers the period of my birthday that particular year. So I was 30, actually. So uh, yeah, we can work out how old I am now. But yeah, I, I do remember um, sort of the, the blanket coverage just being on on the satellite news all of the time uh, mm-hmm. at work. You start off with these two murders in a town called Berkeley, and 22 hours later, there's the there's the incident with policemen, and that's in a place called East Denton. It's not massively far away from where I work. Oh right, okay, that's interesting. Not, not yeah, and then you know we you have the sort of the the, the chase, and then there's, there's the the incident in Rothbury, which is like for, further to to the north. One of the other things that that sort of really characterises this whole event that perhaps a lot of people have forgotten about is. As this sort of manhunt progressed, there was this enormous quantity of people, 160 police officers, police officers from various places, the the Metropolitan, Manchester, Northern Ireland, PSNI. They drafted in the the RAF. Did they? The RAF police? Yeah, they uh, they had a tornado fly over Rothbury, right? So uh, doing some reconnaissance, if you want. And also Ray Mears. There's a tracker, you know, the oh, uh, yeah. yeah, the expert Remy is so there's kind of this really sort of celebrity thing going on. So there's enormous, enormous sort of quantity of people involved. But also along the way there's a series of kind of communications from Moat himself. There's various letters that get delivered. 
there's a dictaphone tape that gets discovered at one point for like four hours worth of yes ramblings rambling nonsense mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, various phone calls sort of taunting the police and so on. The other thing which I had completely forgotten about is the, how recent the Cumbrian shoot, shootings had been. With the shotgun, the man with the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Derek Bird, wasn't it? Yeah. And so this was like literally almost exactly a month later, so I suppose there was, on behalf of the police, there was a fear that this was like an outbreak of copycats. Copycat is the word, yeah. yeah. I don't want to sort of chew over the details of the incident as such, because I think it'd be very easy to kind of just talk loads about Raoul Moat and then you know kind of drag people's names through the mud and things. We talk, which is which is sort of bad and, and open to sort of uh, criticism, which I want to avoid. So the first bit I wanted to talk about is about the role of the media. And have you come across this sort of agreement? That pleases oh, me. Oh, that's very good. Ting. So I'm going <laughs> no, to end no, this on a question. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> I'm going to end this on, on a question. Um, oh, go away. <laughs> oh, I will hit that bell by the end of this. <laughs> so, is the is the, is is the is the role of the me- the media? I don't know whether you came across this this the fact that there was quite a large media blackout at one point. Uh, yes, I came across that when I was looking things up. Yeah. The, the media were asked because of what was in the ramblings on the tape. Like up till that point, that said he was a threat to police. And he'd said that he was upset by the coverage he was getting, and any mistakes would mean he would attack a member of the public. Yeah. And the police asked for that not to be put out. I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable for the police to ask. Uh, You know, it's an informal thing, and the media complied, but they didn't take stuff down that was already there. I think think that's fair enough in... You see, I bet in protection. other jurisdictions, and like particularly the US, where the press is a lot more rampant, perhaps. <laughs> rampant. To use a word. Do you think that somebody who's directly threatened the pub- public, do you think that the media there would go along with that? I think possibly not. Mm. I mean, I can see the argument for not as well, because freedom of the press, first of all, but also well, we should let the public know. Yeah, would be the other argument, I suppose. Yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? I, I don't don't know how I feel about it. I think, I think I'm I'm kind of glad that our press is sort of responsible like that, but it, it is like a self, it's a self censorship, isn't it? I mean, it's a voluntary yeah. censorship, but it is a it's a self censorship, you know. But it is kind of weird that I think we rely on this kind of paternal instinct that authorities have our best best interests in heart. Well, hopefully they do. And, you know, the police certainly do, we hope. But I just found, I found, found that strange. I was wondering at what point are these things justified? Goodness forbid that he's attacked another member of the public. What would you then do if you were the police with respect to the media? Uh, if he's attacked someone, I think you would then have to allow the media to report on it. Yeah. Um, and say there's an immediate threat to yeah. civilians. Because yeah. they had already said, you've got to keep away from him. You know, he's yeah. armed and dangerous, do not approach this man, yeah. sort of thing. And I suppose in some ways the fact that they had the whole of the town of Rothbury locked down for like most of the day before, when they knew he was around there, yeah. the day, day before the end, it sort of indicated that this was more than just a threat to... Mm-hmm. To police so the next question I had about was glamorization. There was a lot of people, a lot of commentary at the time about whether he was glamorized. Do you think he was? Yeah. I've got to say I wasn't aware of him being glamorized. Yeah, I have now read things that say he was. Mm. Right, so the, I mean, of all, I'm sources. getting sec- second-hand glamour. Does that count? 
Yeah, people. The, the two quotes that the, the, the I found, and I don't know where they're from. They were just like this descriptions of having a hulking physique and well-known or notable hard man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is yeah, that glamorization than... as such? Or do you think the problem is is people would take terms like that as being quite desirous, glamorous? I don't, I don't think if you if someone describes. A person as a notable hard man. Certainly, in my mind, that's a negative thing. You know, someone with links to the underworld. Yeah, but do you think we're bringing kind of like a white middle class maybe view to that? That you know, in some circles, to a lot of people, the hard man might be the man that's respected. Yeah. So would would you would you then ask? Should we? I suppose the question that it sort of reflects the, like the previous part. Should we then ask the media to stay away from such description? Um, I I don't know if you say when you say should we ask, mm. do you mean should authority should should the government ask the okay, media? Okay, well state, we'll start with or, that. Well, no, no. Should society should in some way pressure the media not mm. to use terms like that? The only way you can do that is through social media and that sort of thing. Yeah, these sort days. of feedback to expect journalists to have a certain standard whereby they don't. And it, it's weird, isn't it? Because I think we both desperately would not want somebody like this to be seen in a glamorous way. I think yeah, the outcome, like we all agree on, on kind of but the outcome. Is that different from any other murderer? Because you you know you've got all those multiple murderers, mass murderers, who one way or another get glamorized. They all get books written about them and yeah. films and countless documentaries and made about them. And we can often name the killers and not the not victims. The victims yep. yeah. as, we, as we just did with the Cumbrian yeah. killer. Yeah. Which I think is quite... It's, it's sad, isn't it, really? I think it's, 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 it's odd. Because well, I think that leads to like the role of the public. At the time, there was somebody who was a temporary trainee where I was work, working. Right. And he 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 was from the northeast, and the whole Raoul Moat thing was was I think it just sort of recently happened, and he was all thumbs up, yeah, Raoul Moat, he's great, isn't he? Uh, and I I don't know, it's still like at this removed, like seven years later, I'm still shocked by that, like I, like I and the rest of my colleagues, I must admit, to a man, were all the same. It was like really. Really? Then you would go, huh? Oh, yeah, he's great. He gave the police the runaround. Uh, why? Where, where does that come from? It, ba- it utterly baffles me. Yeah. Well, one of the things I found when I was looking things up was there was a Raoul Mort Facebook page after he died. Mm. Um, what's the proper word for that? Um, memorial page. Memorial page. And it got closed down after it got... Yeah. It's like... Ten, in the tens of thousands of uh, followers. It was mentioned in PMQs. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's question times. It's anyway. the, uh, the woman who ran it said when she closed it down you know, to the media, well, I, th- I thought it was funny how he managed to escape the police for so long. Yeah. And do you think a lot of this, sort of the outspoken support for him during the chase and subsequently, is just anti-police feeling? Do you yes. think that's where a lot of that stems Anti-authority. Uh, there's... There's a, a, a certain amount of sort of Robin Hood, the Robin Hood effect. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you've done wrong, Bonnie and Clyde, doesn't matter what you've done wrong, you're on the run from the police, you're on the run from authority. 
Yeah. I mean, Robin Hood is okay. He's, he's a violent thief, but you know, the, there's a whole sort of mythos around him that you know, gives the poor. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's yeah, a, yeah. He's a jolly, jolly good chap. Yeah, because presumably the barons were unpopular at that moment. Yeah. In, in, well, in, in history, let's let's say Bonnie and Clyde is a better example to use then. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know much about the Bonnie and Clyde case. Well, other than I mean, being bank robbers and murderers, yeah, chased by the police yeah. with no um, and, and redeeming were, features. But were they doing it to feed themselves? Or? Um, in the end, they were just doing it to do it. They were. Right. It was their thing. It was, I, I don't know a huge amount about, about, it. about, about it. Yeah, uh, I just, I just know that they were basically they were in in a car traveling from town to town, causing yeah. mayhem. You know. Gunfights, you know, machine guns, Tommy yeah. guns. It was that sort of era, and they were eventually gunned down by the police. I just find the whole thing intensely depressing. What leads to that really vociferous anti-police feeling? Because the next step of this was, was the bit that genuinely surprised me, and I didn't know about it. Was the policeman who's been shot, Rathband? There's a massive online hate campaign against him. Why he's still in hospital? Yeah, I found that weird. Yeah, what what possesses people to do that? I mean, is this a manifestation of both like just general anti-police, anti-authority feeling, and kind of the depersonalization thing of the internet? I think it's those two things, and there's contrarianism, because what was going on in the mainstream media, and just generally, most people would say, well, he's the victim, he's the hero of the piece. There's a lot of people will just be contrary. For the sake of it, yeah. So I think there's both things: anti-police feeling, but all three things: anti-police feeling, uh, dehumanising. I mean, that that the woman who ran that Facebook account, she obviously had dehumanised the victims. Yeah, they they were just sort of abstract things on a TV screen. They weren't yeah real people at that point. Yeah, yeah. but a lot of people will just say, "Oh well, if that's the general consensus, I'm going to go the other way because it's fun." Yeah, because it's it's it make, makes me interesting. Yeah, yeah, and controversial or whatever. Yeah, and presumably certain amount of it is just internet trolls just being sort of anti-humanity, I suppose. Yeah. Which uh, the vast majority of them th- th- them are. And one of the things that surprised me, sort of just in terms of the participation of the public, is the number of people who were like arrested as accomplices, and there's like a couple of people were sent down because they were complicit in the in the bit like with finding the police officer to shoot and. That's just awful. Like, if, if one of my... I, I'd imagine even if my closest friend arrived on my front door and said, I've just shot my girlfriend and I want to find a policeman to shoot. Well, okay, here's a question then. If you cut off that last part of that, okay. I've just shot my girlfriend, what would you do? Well, I imagine I'd be immediately extremely scared for my own safety. Yeah? Yeah, I suppose that's going to be the first thing, isn't it? Would you it? slam the door on him? You'd probably invite him in and would then you? somehow or other get out. <laughs> <laughs> what or about call, call the police? Or call police? Do you think? Yeah, yeah? I, d- well, I don't believe you would help him. I mean, just no, to put that, yeah. make that clear. I don't think you would help, but I'm just interested. I to just see. Ima- I, I ima- imagine because I imagine I would just be I would be extremely frightened. I'd yeah. be very very frightened because presumably that person has their weapon with them at that point, and so I imagine I'd just end up stalling endlessly in the hope that it would go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if there's somebody you're loyal to. 
does something really awful like how quickly do you drop them or how quickly do you start to understand them which i think is an, another thing as well because it seems to me like the moat puts out all these letters and things about he's, he's a terrible victim oh the police they've taken all this away from me and oh i really love this the, uh, i really love this this girl you know who, who who's his former partner with whom he had a child i mean let's not forget that and there's another sort of vic- victim along along the way but I, I don't there seems to be this sort of like massive buy-in to his victim status as well yeah i just wonder what what's fueling that why is he seen as a victim i, I think that's slightly different from the anti-authority thing but it like sort of plays into certain people who see men as victims because you know oh women break up with them and you know it's a very it strikes me like there's a horrible undertone of misogyny here you know he's sort of saying oh this man's uh playing away with with my girlfriend you know this person who i love oh you know i i can't cope with that and therefore that justifies double murder apparently apparently yeah and the fact that people would buy into that and go oh yeah he's been treated terribly oh you know look the way his partner's behaved Uh, just just take a slightly left hand turn and i i think i I don't just sort of dwell on the specifics of the story too much because it's terribly tragic so you've got rothband who gets uh shot and blinded and he is very quickly, and again, this seems like a kind of a media thing, very quickly hailed as a hero. And, you know, what happens to him is absolutely terrible. And then later on, he receives a very public award for her- heroism as one of the Pride of Britain awards. Right. And then he also is like becomes a leading light in a charitable foundation, which is set up by him and his brother for, you know, first responders, as Americans would say, as a police, fire, ambulance people who are injured in the course of their duties. I think that's fantastic charity work, very worthwhile. You know. Hero status seems to be something that is conferred in a very weird way in some ways. Yeah, and to with a lack of understanding of what heroism is, to me, a lot of the time. Which I think is nothing not to criticise the man in question here you know uh, to me he seems like a terribly tragic victim you know he's he's somebody doing in the course of his job suddenly gets shot in the face i mean that that's that's a terrible risk to run and you know they, they, they're kind of it's a risk that policemen face every day though in, in a way yeah. that it's rare but terrible things happen to people in, in the front line yeah you know that that's i suppose it it's that thing where if you speak to anyone well not anyone but a lot of people who soldiers and people who've fought in the war and things like that would say you know well i'm not a hero i fought alongside heroes but i'm not a hero yeah they tend to be intensely modest people yeah on the whole so without knowing the man or even seeing very much of him on the tv or anything yeah. i very much doubt he would ever have described himself as a hero yeah it's sort of he, he become he, he's a he's a, a, a victim a victim of an appalling crime by terrible circumstances and also declared a hero by terrible circumstances which it, it seems like it's a loss of control in your life twice over mm-hmm. and obviously you know, in and uh, i mean most listeners will probably remember not that long after in uh, february 2012 uh, he sadly took his own, own life you know which is a, a terrible tragedy for him and all of his fa- family but again in sort of looking into that and I, I don't want to sort of rake over the details of any of this at all but in the intervening period having been declared a hero by the media the media took an enormous amount of delight in dragging his personal life through the the mud which i don't think you read any of that yeah but i, I won't go into the specifics of it but i'll just leave le- listeners to look at that if they were isn't yeah. this everything is terrible about, about, about the media yeah the media 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. the mainstream media. We, we need freedom of the media, but for God's sake, <laughs> stop being such dicks. <laughs> yeah, because now we have somebody who who is a terrible victim of a terrible crime through no fault of his own, through circumstance, is declared a hero through no control of his own, through a terrible circumstance, and also then whose personal frailties are then massively put on public display. Yeah, and it strikes me, you know, on the whole, he's probably just like an ordinary policeman. Yeah. Like he's like all of that's movie. happened to him because he happened to be sitting in his patrol car on the junction between the year one and the year sixty nine. Yeah, on the wrong night, he was just a guy doing his job. So, but it's just that terrible sort of build up and tear down of folk, and I just yeah, that to me just adds to the tragedy of it. It's really really awful. But, uh, I think, despite his personal frailties, I think I think we should remember him in, in sort of like taking risks on behalf of the public as a policeman and and also you know the fact that in the short period after that he he dealt with his newly acquired disability and at least did some good and left a charitable foundation behind which i think is something you know we should broadly support oh news Okay, so I think uh, like a lot of our conversation here has sort of centred around the, the role of the media, how things were reported, how people responded. And what was interesting is that, and since then, when particularly in America, when, when they've had mass shootings, straight away there's been an immediate debate about should we be broadcasting this person's name? Right. Yeah, so that sort of concern about the perpetrator versus the victims, I think, is... Like, like a constant theme that goes through the coverage of these things now, which perhaps wasn't happening back in 2010. And I think, think that's interesting. But I think, you know, you were making a broader point about how does good quality media, you know, sort of compete against internet outlets and things that are willing to yeah. publish. This is a, a big sort of deviation from what we've been talking about. But in the, the world we found our, find ourselves with, fake news and uh, all that sort of thing the the responsible media the quality media need to find a way of distinguishing themselves from the dross mm. especially with trump and his cohorts declaring you know cnn fake news yeah. abc failing abc yeah. fake news yeah. and that kind of thing well, should that yeah. side of the media swing the other way towards just being absolutely above reproach at yeah. all times well one of the things i think is, is interesting that, that i saw was somebody was calling for where trump had recently refused to take a question from a certain journalist and uh, an awful lot of uh, the other news out outlets including i think he refused to take a question from cnn and other news outlets news outlets that you think would be sort of more uh, amenable to trump even fox spoke out in support of CNN, yes. which I think was an interesting piece of solidarity. Yeah. But uh, there was a very interesting call that I saw the other day about saying that maybe that's what the news the news media needs to do, is they don't have to agree and they don't have to take the same editorial stances. But when people refuse to answer questions that are good questions that need to be answered for public information, that if authority refuses to answer that one question, the other news media should ask them the same question over and over and over again. Because if you refuse to talk to CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox, The Washington Post, The New York Times, once you've, once you've refused to answer that question eight times and you've excluded everybody, 
you're no longer in control of the store story. Yeah. And then the news media can then dictate terms a little bit better. But and I think it's interesting that that kind of solidarity isn't entirely out of the question because we saw it earlier in this story, didn't we, about when asked not to report certain things yeah. because uh, it's important to the way a, a situation is progressing. They agree. Yeah, You're talking about lots of different media outlets with very differing outlooks on everything. So the, the yeah. what you might call the right-wing press, you know, the Telegraph and the Express and yeah. the Sun. And the, you know, the more sensationalist end of the markets, the, you know, the, the, the Sun and the Star and, you know, yeah. in the, the serious news media, which might be like sort of, you know, the Times and the Guardian. Sort of went yeah. along with it. Yeah. 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 So I don't think it's unreasonable to call for solidarity among journalists, I think, because they, they, I think they have to stand together in some, some ways, otherwise they all fall together. Yeah. Well, you end up with, I mean, we've seen what's happened in Putin's Russia. There's a news media that wasn't so strong anyway, because there's a long history of government control, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had started to stand on its own two feet. And when somebody really strong came along in authority, who was just willing just to tell non- nonsense what's happened, they've collapsed inwards. Yeah, it's an interesting debate, and it's, uh, I think it's, it's one that's going to rumble and rumble. It's old news! Should we have about five endings like um, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that because the only reason why that exists in the Lord of the Rings is because he needed a goddamn editor. <laughs> Ooh, controversial! <laughs> oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be letters. So, how was uh, this week's edition of the homemade beer of indeterminate strength? Well, mine's not bad. Um, I have the red top, and mine was the gold top. <laughs> Which, uh, any, anybody who remembers old-fashioned milk bottles, which would sort of date you to a certain degree. Well, except they still stick with the same things. No, because Red do. Top was semi-skimmed, and Red Top in plastic bottles is now skimmed. Really? I thought semi-skimmed was always green. No. What, green? What do you want about? Well, that's what green is now, semi-skimmed. No, 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 under the old milk bottle system, full, well, top... Dollar cream with extra jersey milk was, or whatever was, was gold, gold top, then and then silver. full fat was sil- silver. Semi was the the red stripey was silver, right? And I think skimmed was blue. Oh, oh, there's a controversial controversy here. Oh. <laughs> Classic pub debate. Thing is, the problem is, I think you might be right. <laughs> Victory is mine. I wonder if they changed it just before. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, the, put it the colour of these tops has nothing to do with the it fat content. Uh, the fat content, the beer was rather quite a mild taste. This, but mm. yeah, I still have no idea how strong it is. Slightly stronger taste, yeah. and uh, only only a few floaters. <laughs> That's because it's not filtered with fish gut. I, it's, what's that called again? It, finings? Is that finings? Finings. It is. What's the other stuff? I, I sing glass. Oh yeah, that's what it is. I that's what they use. Yes. Isn't that a place with the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> oh, it isn't God, isn't yeah. it? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've always wondered who went. I need something to clarify this beer. A thing from the gut of a the fish. fish yeah. That'll do the job. Yeah. Or maybe it's it's the I've tried everything else. <laughs> yeah. I've tried everything to filter this, this beer. Oh, this is the last thing I'm going to try. I'm, I'm using this bit of the fish. I'm gut. using the testicles of a hippo. <laughs> 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 the nose of a camel. Oh dear. None of its work. <laughs> it is very, very, very bizarre. So now is the time for our traditional uh, end, end of the show. Yes. So, 
So if you'd like to contact us, we have a lot of ways. First of all, you can go to our website, www.oldnews.podbean.com. And you can reach us on email at oldnewspod at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Just search for Old News Podcast. And of course, we tweet or Twitter at Old News Pod. We'd like to thank bensound.com for the use of their royalty-free music. And of course, uh, the dulcet tones of Pete Kitson for his interjections, which we're always great, grateful for. I should point out, because we haven't got it written down here, uh, we're also now on YouTube. There's no video. Also, at- we haven't reached the standards of uh, things like Hello Internet yet, so there's all kind of interesting video footage to go along with. the. Yeah. Uh, but no. uh, that, that's something to think about. Yeah, but you can search for us, so just old news podcast. You can listen to us on the YouTubes if you want. Excellent. Good news. Well, that's it then. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. It's all... news hello uh, i'm russell and i'm david and i've cocked up that welcome <laughs> should we try that again <laughs> <laughs>